welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Welcome. What a great day to be in the, in, uh, the house of the Lord. I sort of like worshiping outside. How about you? Yeah. If you're, listen, if you're here and you're online, if you love outdoor services, just say something in the comments. That'll help us know. And we want to keep doing this as long as possible. Uh, I don't, there you go. I don't think we'll be doing it in January, but anyway, we're going to enjoy the good weather as long as we can. Um, I, I can't tell you uh, how excited I am or how appreciative I am today uh, to be with you and to share God's Word. Um, often, Monday through Wednesday at the church, we're pushing pretty hard with things uh, have to be done, and this week was no exception. Thursday, I uh, set that aside just to Thursday morning uh, to begin working on the message. And what church? I love the Word of God. How about you? I love the Word of God. And the Word of God on Thursday morning, I said, Lord, thank you that I just get to love you and interact with your Word and study to share with your church. So today I want to share with you a message uh, in the series Made for More, and this is from Jonah. Jonah, who is known mostly for the whale or the great fish that swallowed him up, but really that's not that's not what Jonah is all about. That's just, the Lord only sent a great fish because Jonah disobeyed. And so that's not what the whole thing is about. We're going to share this morning with you. But made for more, arise and go. And the main, the main theme this morning, the subject is this, that God calls us for more. He calls us to arise and go to get out of our comfort zones, but he also promises to go with us with signs following, with his presence as we go in the name of Jesus. Now, this is Labor Day weekend. Hope you're having a great weekend. Um, I want to, first of all, thank all the volunteers at Grace. Pre-COVID, we had about 200 volunteers um, and and just have the heart of God to sort of post up all the time, and they're here. Uh, our setup crew is here. They begin about 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and just so many people involved in ministry. I want to say thank you for that. Um, uh, also, um, this Labor Day, I want to encourage you that, that to be involved in the work of the Lord, uh, but also to make sure that you do get rest and uh, rest, I was speaking with someone uh, before the service today, rest is sort of like that downbeat or that rest in a music score. But how many know you can't, a music, there's no music if it's all rest. How many understand that? Uh, I want to tell you a, a story that I think is quite amusing. It's one that uh, we have told uh, several, several times, and it happened when I was about 14 years old, and it had to do with work. My parents were really big on work and family values and those sort of things, and so the, 
the long and short of it is my brother, uh, my brother Phil, who is part of the church to this day and is here today, uh, we had the boys' room on, on the third floor, which was the attic that had been, I guess, remodeled and uh, had wallpaper with basketball and football. How many, you remember, th- and boxing gloves and all I, ice hockey uh, sticks and all that. So that was the boys' room. Well, we really liked that because it took three long flights of stairs to get to us, or four, including the basement. And so it was sort of our, uh, it was our zone. No one would ever bother us except, except on Saturdays, that was inspection day, because before we could go out to play, we had to clean our rooms up. Now listen, I can't tell you the amount of Saturdays we wanted to go out and build a fort with our buddies or throw snowballs, but we had to clean that darn room that we'd let our socks and whatever just sort of lay around. How many, can, how many guys can say, amen, I know what you're talking about, Pastor Paul. Yeah, now I hope that no married man is, can say amen right now, but anyway, uh, so sure enough, this is the same, and we'd lay on the bed, and we were in this tension between obeying and working and getting the chores done so we could get what we wanted to get, or just sort of laying there and delaying this thing as long as possible. Our parents are too demanding. Why do they ask us to do? Who cares anyway? It, who cares all this stuff? And so one morning, we came up with a brilliant plan that we hatched that only a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old could come up with. Anyone want to guess what it is? We decided we would take all of the junk that had laid around all week long, dirty glasses, bowls, chip bags, socks, and we'd shove it in the closet and we'd tell my mom the room is sparkling. Come on up and inspect it if you will. I'm just going to tell you that didn't work out too well. One of the, the memories that I have of her coming up, and I do not know why other than a mother's intuition For some reason, I guess the room looked too clean. She went to the closet and opened that door. And I still have this etched in my memory. All I saw was, oh, just I heard this noise and she dove in head first on her hands and knees. And I just saw the backs or the bottom of her shoes, and she's throwing this stuff out like a groundhog digging a hole. And when she came out, she was mad. Mad because we're looking after what we wanted to do rather than what the household wanted us to do. I wish I could say we absolutely learned our lesson, but 14-year-old boys are often almost incorrigible, but not quite. But our parents spent 18 years anyway minimum of teaching and training and modeling to us what it meant to obey and to work. One of the things that my parents wanted us to know that being a member, having the last name of Drost, we would always love you. There's security here. 
There's food here. There's warmth here. God's presence is here. We'd take us on vacation. My dad would take us fishing and hunting. They invested a lot of time in us. But they said there's also one other thing. You are expected to contribute to this house. And here's your list of chores. Because they wanted us to grow up to accept their values and to love God and be responsible and to help them in their mission. Quite frankly, they did not care whether we agreed with their mission or not. Our job was only one thing, obey and get back to work. And when it's ready to be inspected, now you can call us. In the kingdom of God, I want to share with you this great story about Jonah. Jonah was a man. He was a prophet. He was a child of God. And God asked him to do something. And Jonah was caught in a tension between what God wanted him to do and what he wanted to do. God asked him to go to Nineveh to preach to that great city. And the word that came, it said, go, arise. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh and proclaim against them. And Jonah decided to run the other direction. And I want to sort of unpack this with you this morning. God had a great plan and a love for Nineveh. I want us to start there. And we're going to read Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And then Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God, after, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us, church. How many know that's you and that's me? Us. Say, yes, that, that is I. Or just say, that's me, if you don't want to use correct English. <laughs> that, just, that's me is fine. God is speaking to us and he has spoken to us today. The word of the Lord came and is coming through his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Arise and go. Get out of your comfort zone. Proclaim against. But later he would say proclaim to. Here's the deal. God's love for the world remains the same. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because they were the mortal enemies of Israel. He could find no room in his heart to love them. In fact, when it was all said and done, you might remember when he was after the Lord had saved Nineveh, Jonah said to God, he said, see, I knew you were going to do something like this. You're going to save them after all. But God is not willing that any should perish. He's gracious, compassionate. He's all holy, and he acts out of his character. God's love for the world remains the same. A church, I want to encourage us today. We live in a polarized nation God has called us to be healers. God has called us to be his presence. 
God has called us to be proclaimers to them, not against them. God has called us to be part of the solution rather than racking up the scores and becoming embittered in our heart against those that we consider our enemies. Now, can someone say amen? Thank you. Is there another amen? Yes. I love that. All right. And this is, this is, this is one of the big points of what Jonah is all about. Today, Jesus' word to us is the Great Commission. In fact, it's an imperative. When God said to Jonah, arise and go, Jesus' words that he speaks to us today in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Praise his name. Amen. God calls us to arise and go so that we can grow up into him. He calls us to arise and go so that we can not only obey, but he calls us to rise and go so that we can have his heart, so that it's more than just enjoying his love and security and fellowship. But he says to us, like my parents said to us, look, to be part of this household means we want you to contribute, and this is what it means to be part of this household. His word is to go. Now, we know what Jonah's plan was. While God had a great plan for this world and for the Ninevites, Joseph, uh, Jonah also had a plan. And what was it? He ran the other direction. Joseph ran from God's will. Verse number 3, chapter 1, it says this, that, but Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa and found a ship which was going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I, I, just, I just want to ask a question. Uh, Jonah, how did that work out? That worked out spiritually about as good as us shoving all the junk in the closet and pretending that everything was all right. He was upset. Listen, church, listen. Listen, please. Jonah was upset because God's plan didn't match what was in Jonah's heart. And he ran away. Your parents... And parents today, would you ask your children to be involved in the house, to work, and there's chores, and, and whether it's mowing the lawn or shoveling the snow, doing their homework. I mean, Jiminy Crickets for us. We actually started age six picking potatoes in the potato fields of Maine. That was because that meant oil, heating oil, and winter clothes. But they ask us to be involved because so that our heart will become malleable and we can grow up. And God asks us today, and often what He asks us, His plans don't match what's in our heart. Jonah says, I'm not going there. 
In fact, I'm getting out of Dodge. I'm going away from the presence of God. And what the presence of the Lord is, listen, it's a special place. The word in the Hebrew that's used here, the presence of the Lord, is when the word of the Lord would come, you're, they were in a special place. You had to be in God's presence for the word of the Lord to come. I'm not just talking about worship on Sunday morning. I'm talking about that place where God ministers to us. And Jonah says, I'm getting away from these kind of places. I'm not going to be found in these situations. And so he headed to Tarshish in the opposite direction. I think it's it's really important for us to understand that we either embrace the presence of God so that we can be on the pathway to God or we, we reject God's presence and we take our own pathway or we say, God, no, I'll do this, but I'm not going to do that. This, this, uh, many, of you, many of you know that Grace in Espanol was... We're planning to plant a church and launch with them uh, September 20th because of uh, COVID and the pandemic, the whole thing. Uh, we, we just, we had to delay that, and it's okay. So I, I sat down and I talked with Pastor Josh. They're doing a great job with, with their, their outreach, um, live streaming. Good, they have a lot of views. It's international. It's pretty cool. And then their Zoom meeting, what they're doing on Monday nights. It is so good. I, in fact, I, I don't understand a whole lot of Spanish other than hola and gloriadios and buenas noches and hasta la vista. Excuse me. French is pardonnez-moi, but I, whatever. But there's an anointing there. I watched that thing for a half hour Monday night. I watched those men, there's four men, um, love God, doing what God has called them to, posting up, stepping up to the mic. You know what I'm saying? Bringing the presence of God, the joy of the Lord is all over them. And I, I, I listened to it for a half hour, and I, I, I just was absolutely thrilled. But anyway, I talked with Josh, and I said, Josh, he said, Pastor Paul, what can I do? And I said, well, um, Tidings Park, just go where Hispanics are congregating. By the way, if you, want, if you want to get a picnic table out of Deer Creek, Rock State Park, you better get there like 6.30 in the morning because you're not getting one. And what you'll find is the neatest thing, hammocks. The, the Hispanics have beaten you there because they're used to getting up to work, for work really early. That's what I think the deal is. But the hammocks are between every two trees that are within eight feet of each other, and there's guitars, and people are eating and just having a great time. And so Josh decided to go up to Tidings Park, and this is, this is, this is the go, arise and go. So they went up to Tidings Park last night, and he said, Pastor Paul, he said, you'll never guess what. He said their people started coming he said, we met two families. One is from Colombia. One is from Ecuador. Guess where Josh is from? And Gary and Nora, they're from Ecuador. It was a divine appointment. Praise God. It happened because God said, arise and go. And the harvest is out there. The harvest is what's really important to the heart of God. It's not our worship set. 
How many understand? That's important to God, but the main thing, the main thing is that people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and more of them can hear the gospel out there than they can ever hear within these walls. Is there an amen in the crowd? Amen. Praise God. And so, Jonah even slept while the storm raged. A great fish came and swallowed him, but God showed Jonah his grace. And Jonah said, salvation comes from the Lord. He prayed in Jonah chapter 2. He prayed. The guy was scared to death. A great fish came, swallowed him up. And you say, well, I, I don't know about that. Well, let me tell you what I know. Jesus even referred to that miracle. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. How about you? Yes, amen. Yes. And in that time, he had a come-to-Jesus moment. And all I can say this morning is, Lord, thank you for come-to-Jesus moments that when we run from your presence, when we do some things that are really stupid spiritually and other people maybe give up on us, God, you still love us. You still save us. And Lord, as your followers, you even cause a great fish, so to speak, to come and swallow us up and protect ourselves so we can come face to face with your presence. And Jonah repented, and he went on to Nineveh. But after Nineveh came to the Lord, he was upset because God saved Nineveh. And he was upset because he lost his shade vine he sat on the hill after Nineveh repented in sackcloth and ashes. He sat on a hill and he made a shelter so he could watch what was happening. He couldn't believe that God would save his mortal enemies. And when he did, he was upset with God. In fact, God says, why are you upset? And this is what Jonah said, God I have every reason to be upset with you. I have every right to be upset with you. You saved Nineveh, and not only that, you caused my shade plant to wither. Now, isn't that big, huh? Isn't that big? But God had the last word. And if you read the book of Jonah, it's just four short chapters. God says this. He said, don't I have the right to be concerned for a great city of 120,000 people and even its animals. And that's the end of the story. And the storyline for God, the reason that he sent Jesus Christ is so that you and I could be saved. So the church would be his instruments, hands, feet of salvation. God saved Nineveh through miracles, preaching, and obedience. Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God. They called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne. He laid aside his robe from him. He covered himself with sackcloth and sat on the ashes. When Jonah came out of that whale, God said to him, this time again, arise and go, but proclaim to them rather than against them. It's often easy for us 
church people to rail against our enemies or to use the Word of God as a club. But God's final word to Jonah and to his church was proclaimed to them, not against them. Heal, bind up, be the light in the darkness. Don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution. That's why Jesus said, pray for our enemies. Our enemies are not God's enemies. They're His people that He created. I, how many you grasp that this morning? Look, I know our country is polarized. There's those that are politically, and it's easy. It is easy for me. It's easy for me to collect the stories that bolster my point of view. What I find, though, is this, and there, there are stories that prove my point of view in, in my mind, all right, how wrong they are. God, listen, doesn't care how wrong people are. He cares for their soul, first of all. Jonah complained about Nineveh, and God said, they're ignorant. They don't know their right hand from their left. This world, so much of it has forsaken God. The values are against God. Ignorant spiritually don't know their right hand from their left. But what God calls us to do is proclaim and pray and be His presence there in your neighborhood, in your family, that family that you're afraid to, or you, you don't know what they're going to say if you start talking about Jesus that, Say just, they might just say, hey, no religion or politics around here. But if you pray for them, God is going to give you a word that you can minister to them. Believe and obey that Jesus said, I am with you always. When we arise and go, believe and obey. Jesus, you've promised to go with us. Where you tell us where your path is, that's where your presence is. And when we obey, we find the strong presence of the Lord. When we go to Tarshish, we're on our own. Practice that when Jesus is with us, His power is with us. Reject any offense or pride that stands in the way of your obedience. Guard our hearts against bitterness. Guard our hearts against wanting to get even with our enemies. That's a, that's a human reaction. I understand it. I'm not above it. I, I might be worse than you all. If I'm in a red light uh, or, and I'm in a stoplight and someone's on their cell phone in front of me and they sit there for 10 seconds, guess what happens? I'm laying on my horn. Is there anyone else that does that or anyone... Thank you. All right. I'm glad I'm with the spiritual bunch this morning, you know. And my wife says, don't do that. That's rude. I said, well, that's illegal what they're doing, you know. Always have to have the, light, the last word. But receive his word and his promise. Arise and go. Go. His claims on our life 
his claims on our life, his word to us reveals what's in our heart. But the good news is, (laughs) the good news is, our life can say yes and partner with God's final word for this world. Praise his name. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to pray for you. I'm going to have the band come if they would. I want to pray for you right now, and then in a moment we're going to need communion. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we love you for your word. We love you, God. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you that we have entered into your rest. We thank you, Lord, also that you call us to the work, the work of the Lord, so that we can grow, but ultimately, Lord, so people can know you, come into your kingdom. They can be forgiven. It's as true today as when Jonah declared from the belly of the great fish, salvation comes from the Lord. Lord, today you extend your hand of mercy, your hand of salvation to us, and we thank you for it. I want to ask you to keep your eyes bowed, if you would. This morning, if you're here or online this morning and you, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't want to travel on the road to Tarshish any longer. You want to go the Lord's way. If that's you, would just raise your hand right now. I want, we want to pray with you this morning. Raise your hand or if you're online. You can, you can just wave or say, yes, that's me. Lord, yes, that's me. This morning, if you're here, I, I just sense as I was preparing this because the Lord was dealing with me, if there are things in our own life that don't square, that we resent about the Lord. It doesn't match what's in our heart. You'd say, Lord, this morning I I want, I'm just going to do a grown-up thing. Lord, I'm going to offer this to you. I lift my heart up to you. And God, I'm going to ask you to take this as my offering. I'm going to ask you just to begin to work on my heart, Lord. So I know that my life pleases you, Lord, and, and, and that I'm tracking with you. Praise God. Praise his name. Amen. I, I just believe, I believe, church, with all my heart, in the days to come as we have, in so many ways, we've obeyed a rise and go, that it, the more we say, yes, Lord, to rise and go, I believe God is going to strengthen lives. Praise God. I believe that God is going to strengthen this church. I believe he's going to strengthen his church worldwide. We're not in a position of defeat. We're not running. We're arising and we're going in the strong name of Jesus. Praise his name. Praise the Lord. Praise God.